Hey, this is Robbie Shaw. This is Patrick Bosley. And I'm Sam Hampson. And this is Champagne Problems, where we come together to explore the gray areas of drinking. This is a judgment-free zone where we can all take a look at how we make decisions about our relationship with alcohol. Welcome back, everybody. We are here today with a special guest. Today, we're bringing in Gabby Reese. Gabby is, man, how do I list Causing off? Robbie panic attacks. Causing Robbie panic attack. How do I list off all of her things? She started uh, playing volleyball at Florida State University and then went on to be a pro beach volleyball player. She was the first female spokesperson for Nike. She also was the first female to have a shoe created for her in the Nike brand. Baller. Total stud. Then she had this illustrious modeling career. She was an announcer on MTV, ESPN, the Goodwill Games. She's written two books. She's, I think she's done some acting. Uh, And then she's married to a a gentleman by the name of Laird Hamilton, if anybody knows who that is. If you don't, he is a big wave surfer. I remember Gabby Reese from her volleyball career. Yep. But everything after that was a blur to me. Not Gabby Reese, but like everything in general. Right. So (laughs) I missed out, but it's been cool to, you know, reconnect with her and see that, you know, her career has moved into the health and wellness space. Yeah, and that's pretty much how I got uh, in touch with her because she and her husband Laird created a um, a fitness program called XPT, uh, Extreme Performance Training, and and I've been a part of that for probably a year and a half now. So I reached out to her uh, just directly, and you know she said yes. It was yeah. I mean, this has been really cool, and since you you know I heard about her and she was kind of reintroduced in my life when you started talking about um, XPT and and how you were going on this this trip with them Mm -hmm. Um, you know you started talking to me about that six or eight months ago Mm -hmm. and um, you know ever since then you know I started looking into what she's doing and what Laird are doing my wife you know buys Laird superfood and we got it in our fridge and I started putting in my coffee and it's delicious and um and, and then all and then now she's coming on our show it's pretty, it's pretty cool it's pretty and cool. i've been you know ever since you started talking to her i've been kind of digging into some of her stuff and listening to po- her podcast and and you know looking at some of her stuff on social media and a lot of what she does totally aligns with our mission and the information that we're trying to put out for people um i think this is going to be a really interesting conversation i think we're going to dig into some good stuff i agree i agree i can't wait let's get it going a good place to start is getting to know the current gabby reese and i'm going to preface that by saying i'm more in your generation than most um i probably a few years younger than you but i grew up in the 80s and 90s so i i know i know you i know who you are me too uh patrick does too um (laughs) know you very well from obviously pro beach volleyball mtv espn freaking nike uh, everywhere you know modeling you know the the your whole resume from the past but i would love to know all you have your hands in today Maybe not well, all the highlights. I was going to say, I, you know, <laughs> I, uh, you know, starting with the real, my real life, I'm, I have my hands in a family. Yeah. I have 
Um, my children are, are certainly getting bigger. I currently only have one at home. I have three daughters. I have a 17 year old right now who's in Europe uh, at tennis Academy and a grown adult daughter. And I have a 13 year old at home. Um, I have a few businesses, one being, uh, XPT, which is a based off of something that my husband and I were, were doing and, and, uh, we created kind of the fitness arm of our business, which is XPT. We are co-creators and owners in a food company that we actually just took public last September called Laird Superfood. Laird happens to be my husband. I, um, mm-hmm. I have a podcast called the Gabby Reese show and, uh, I have my hand in a few other things, but it just gets really boring after a while. I, I think I yeah. have my hand in, 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 in the thing that most of us have their hands in, which is like, you know, you're just trying to still figure it out quite frankly. So <laughs> yes. I have my hands yes. in that too. Yeah, we all, we all are, our hands are in that bowl. Awesome. So let's do a deeper dive into XPT. I, not only cause I'm an active member and, and, you know, aspects of it have honestly have changed my life. But the mission and the philosophy, I think, really will resonate with our listeners. The thing about XPT is, yes, we have some lifestyle habits that many people share, whether it's having a, a movement practice. Um, the, the pillars of it are breathe, move, and recover. And the reasons that we put those in there was, you know, fundamentally, it's sort of the essence of life is breathing. And because of our modern living, a lot of us don't do it well, but you'll see lots of conversations around breathing now, whether it's James Nestor or Patrick McCune or uh, Wim Hof or, you know, just Brian McKenzie. There's just a ton of people talking about breathing, which is important, I always say, because it's free and you can do it anywhere. And and it's a tool, right? And so we have uh, movement because, you know, I think people have this idea that health and fitness is food and movement. And, and certainly movement is important and, and, you know, that's how our bodies are built. And, and I feel like getting to the hard stuff is made easier when you move. I mean, for me, if you say, why are you, why do you care about being healthy? It's actually, cause it's the way I'm, I don't feel, um, I feel productive. I don't feel as bummed out as I <laughs> might normally. Uh, I think I can interact better with people. Sometimes I have some more clarity, maybe some, some, uh, type of, uh, just a different and better perspective. And so I think for me, um, that's where the, the movement part and then recovery, breathe, move and recovery. We don't give enough honor to this idea of recovering of, and it isn't take a day off and sit on the couch. It's participating in recovery, whether it's a meditation practice, whether it's going to do something that's fun, whether it's heat nice, whether for certain people, if they had the opportunity to get their bodies and their muscles worked on things like that. So XPT sort of encompasses all of these things where, it's a moving target, if you will. If you ever t- meet somebody and they go, oh, this is how you're healthy. This is how you should move. And this is how you should eat. I think you should run. I think every person is different. I think we're at different places in our lives at different times. So it's actually an ongoing conversation. XPT is like, hey, this is what we know now. Or if you're a vegan, how do you do that best? Okay, if you eat you know, animal protein, how do you do that best? If you work 12 hours a day, how do you manage that? If you have new children, it and it's sort of that moving conversation to actually push people to figure out what really genuinely works for them at that time, but also to keep checking in and asking the question because it does change. And so XPT, there is a pool training element, which is obviously the kind of most exotic and sexy element of that pool training, which is, um, I think really, really special, but that too is also a part of XPT. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that is gold. When you said not feeling kind of bummed out and 
you know, our podcast and so much of what we do in our lives, we work in the world of mental health. That is such a carryover from all that you do with XPT. I, I, I feel, I mean, physical, yes, obviously. Mental, it's got to be hugely beneficial. I mean, can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I always, I say that Laird is kind of the creative motor behind XPT. And one of the things he discusses a lot is, it's everything. So when you hear people say, oh, it's a lifestyle, it's like, you know, we all want to throw up on that at this point. But the point is, is it's like, actually, what your friendships are like, what your family dynamics are like, how you got set boundaries at work, um, how you're sleeping, what you're reading, what you're listening to, how you're speaking, how you're talking about other situations or other people. It's like he always says it's all the spokes in the tire, you know, make how the wheel spins. I love that if I, you know, if I move and I eat really well, it's like, I know some of the, some of the greatest head cases that weigh their food and train with their, all their gadgets on and have all their, what their sleep was and, you know, how many calories they burned. So it's really making sure to remind people that yes, physical health, I believe helps you support your mental and your emotional health better. And if you said the number one reason to do it, it's to always take into consideration that holistic relationship, like you just can't peel it out. Same conversely, I could, you know, if I don't have it right in my house with the people in my house, it doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean that my 13 year old and I are going to really understand each other for like the next three years, but that overall <laughs> there's sort of a level of health, even in the way I speak to her and yeah. that hopefully I'm modeling for her to speak back to me. Right. So it's just trying to pay attention. And, and really, I think if you move to high levels of of people who've been in the self-care space, let's call mm -hmm. it, is like you realize that eating and moving is a big part of it, but it becomes very small once you dial that in, right? And right. then it becomes then about what the do bigger conversations, right? It becomes about surrendering and, and not, you know, always taking anything personal or, or how do you want to, you know, have relationships with people and things like that. So I personally... You know, I do a pretty good job of, of trying to keep my mental health, uh, you know, it's easier for me, I will say, because also I don't process so much always through my heart first. I think I always think about things. Like, I think when something happens, I go, well, huh, how do I feel about that? The fact that I'm asking myself versus like, huh. I'm married to somebody who's so heart-based that it hits them there. And that's important and beautiful too. But then you have to figure out how do you manage that? And yeah. so... Um, I think it's important for people to realize very few people fly out of bed each day in a state of homeostasis. And I think most of us have to sort of actively participate in supporting our good mental health. It doesn't just land on you. Yeah. And it, once it arrives occasionally, it doesn't stay there. It's something you have to keep working at, just like the practice of a good relationship or being trying to grow as a dynamic person. It's an every, it's like making your bed and brushing your teeth. It's like an everyday thing. It's an everyday personal survey. It's like, how am I doing today? You know? And so I just want to encourage people that like nobody has it figured out. And if they're selling you that they're full of it. Yeah. If anyone ever talks in absolutes, um, we talk a lot about this at XPT. That is an unfair thing to sell to people. Yeah. It sets an expectation. That's not realistic. And I, I love how XBT, you know, how it's, you know, holistic and covers all these different dimensions. Cause I feel like one of the ways that we go wrong in the health and wellness industry 
and as mental health practitioners like, like myself is we get too focused on one one dimension or the other and we don't look at this thing holistically and cover all those bases my wife says hi by the way she's a big fan and um, we have we have we have laird superfood all over the place at home how did you guys get involved with laird superfood how'd that come about it's a happy accident so you know both laird and i have been entrepreneurs because we come from such really small sports that we always even when we were and laird's still surfing obviously but like even for me when i was playing beach volleyball I was always doing these other jobs. Like I was doing, you know, television or writing or what have you, because you're sort of like in this hustle. Well, I'd say for over 20 years, more, probably 27 years, Laird's been really interested in coffee and used caffeine, um, you know, for surfing and energy and things like that. And then Paul Check, I don't know if you know who that is, in certain ways has always been very ahead, whatever. He, he used to give Laird... 17, 18 years ago, ghee in his coffee. (laughs) And then those, you know, two lunatics, I'd be standing like in the gym waiting for them. And I could hear them down in this like coffee well, just getting (laughs) jacked up. And they're both pretty intense and scary, but it was the idea of fat and caffeine and the time release. And, and then Laird was like, Oh, I can perform longer. So the thing is, is Laird has guys come over and train all the time. And one thing, you know, if anything works for him, he will share it with all of his friends, right? So he would give it to his friends and before they'd all train, and it was like, oh, yeah, you know. And then we had a friend, uh, Paul Hodge, who is the other co-founder of Laird Superfood, and he goes, you know, he'd come to Hawaii, and then he'd go, he'd go to Laird's bar, and he'd make him this concoction. He'd go out and surf and be like, what is in that, you know? <laughs> and so he turned it in. He thought, Laird, I can, we can make this. And yeah. so Paul made the powder, and I think by the third iteration, he had what's now the original creamer. And that company was started in 2015 and it was not on purpose. We've tried other things on purpose and they were not successful. You know, it is one of those things where maybe when you're going along through life, it brings you things in from directions that you couldn't expect, but because you were being consistent and you had your head down and you were sort of working along, um, it came in a fashion. Laird wasn't, you know, we joke that we're like praying that these ladies in the Midwest don't even know you or that you surf that you're like the coffee and creamer guy (laughs) it's been a very special journey with that company for sure no it seems like that's uh kind of what happens when you try to make things better from a heart-centered approach yeah it seems to uh catch fire that's that's awesome it's like i always say like always to do the right thing or to tell the truth or to say no even when you can't afford to because it's not something that you know really represents who you are it is scarier. It is. It seems to take longer. But if if we talk about success or long term, that's the thing. It's like, are we talking about the long term? Are yep. we talking about the long story? Or are we talking about the short story? Mm-hmm. That it's just it it sort of always finds a way to work out if we just can s- hold the line. Yeah. Uh, even when it's hard or it sucks, because in the end, it's like there's sort of no real alternative to that. It's the best long term play. Huh, for man. sure. I love it. Yeah, us. I mean, we have layered superfood all over the place. The morning stuff, the lemon, the lemon and the cayenne. Oh, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> that stuff is so great. I love the topic gut health. I mean, I know you're you're knowledgeable in that, and I would just love to hear you talk about it. Um, and and I think layered superfood probably kind of flows into that. Is the superfood, and you tell me, more of a fuel uh, than it is kind of a healthy type? I mean, I know it's healthy, but yeah. just maybe speak to that. 
No, that's a fair, it's a fair thing. And what's cool is as the brand grows, we have an opportunity to do sort of more specialized uh, products, yeah. you know, like for example, we have a greens product that has Sheila Jit and some other sort of more aggressive um, ingredients in it. And so what started out as, okay, if people are drinking coffee every day, it is a daily habit. Can we give you something that will support your overall sense of well-being and health? And we're not asking you now to train for two hours a day or like really switch up something. You're already doing it. So that was one of the original things um, behind Laird Superfood. And also every product actually has a function. So for example, every creamer has Aquaman, which is a mineral. We're all pretty much mineral deficient. So every single creamer has this mineral, um, the Aquaman in it. And, um, and so the, the idea is let's support you where you are. We, you know, we have our own factory. We, so we try to keep costs down because we're trying also not to make this an exclusive offering because I always say the people who need the most support, um, they're the ones who don't have it. And yeah. it's like, you know, everyone who's eating organic and has trainers, you know, they're, they're doing okay. Right. <laughs> so right. how do we realistically try to try to do that and, and create a viable business. So I think it's a, it's sort of like, you know, we say better food, better you. It's like, we're trying to meet people also where they're at and then slip in some really great stuff in there. But if you're talking about straight gut health, I mean, you would have additional practices, right? Yeah. You'd be eating fermented foods. Yeah. You'd be doing certain things to, to really support your gut. I think we have to sort of actively really pursue um, supporting our, our gut health and, and also knowing, for example, if you go on a cycle of antibiotics because you couldn't help it, then what are you going to do after to help, you know, sort of replenish your gut? Because it can take a really long time yeah. uh, to, to help the gut restore. And so I think um, for me, it's like those small practices. So, you know, probiotics, knowing how to do it generally an empty stomach, you know, fermented foods for real. Not everybody's in love with that, but I think implementing a little bit of that into your um, daily nutrition is pretty valuable over the long run. How is that correlated with mental health? Well, we have more serotonin receptors in our gut than we do in our brain. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about, oh, I feel good, or I have a sense of well-being, um, you know, we have to realize that they're, they're like twins of each other. And so I think there's ways that we can support our sense of well-being through uh, the fact if we have good gut health. And it's interesting because you could be like, well, my life's going pretty good and I feel all the, I, I'm feeling off or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling all these things. And, and we could just have something sort of going awry um, in our gut that we're not aware of. There's a book about gut health where you know, they sort of basically imply that we're really just here to be colonized for the bacteria in our gut, like <laughs> them, not even us and how right. we, don't, we don't even develop certain things in our, in our own physical function because we're in cooperation with some of these bacteria to do the job for us. So we'll take it up to a certain point and they sort of finish the job. Oh, wow. And so I just think people have to realize that, um, it sounds woo woo, but it, you know, it's a, it's a real thing. And so to take that into consideration, again, how do we make it easier to right. be human? Because, you know, we naturally biologically do things, you know, we're naturally anxious for real reasons. We're always seeking comfort because that's who we are. However, that works against us if we do it too much. So it's mm -hmm. like, how do we just sort of always consider our biology 
in the modern world that we live in because I don't think really there's a way around our biology yet. They haven't figured out how to just sort of take, you know, our head off and stick it on a machine. It's like, and everybody wants to forget about it, but I feel like when we can at least consider it daily, um, I, I feel that mental health becomes, it just, it seems easier for it to float in and out of our days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice, man. That, I mean, that's a whole episode right there. We have so much that we're fighting against, right? I mean, just the marketing and the capitalism and, and you know, all the, the, the bullshit that's out there that we have to kind of fend off just f- to be healthy, you know, and, and afford affordable and accessible and, and those kinds of things. And I don't know. It, and it's confusing. You know, the other thing is, and I really feel for people, is that we have all this information coming at us. Like, I'll just, I'll give you a quick example. I just had a call with one of my food scientists from our company, and there's someone within the company that's created a board that is still confused why we're not allowed to use, you know, safflower oil, because obviously it would make costs go down. This is inside our own, our own company, right? So my point is, is for people who are trying to navigate this, you know, it is confusing, and people also feel like they don't know where to start or they don't feel in charge of it or I can't get in control of this. Yeah. And I think it's really reasonable and fair. So can you start simply? And what are the things that you can control and remind people or support them even when it doesn't feel like it, your choices really matter. And sometimes it might even take a minute to start seeing you know, the rewards of those better choices, even, even when it's hard. And, yeah. and so I guess for me, it would be really keeping it simple. You have to get to bed. You have to go to sleep. sleep. Yeah. You do. A certain amount of time on your phone is probably unavoidable. Keep that in check. Oh, it's the worst. It's just, the, it's what I have a friend who just went through something with a 13 year old and he goes, it may not be the devil, but it's the path to hell. Uh-huh. And I think it's really important for people to say, okay, let me figure out a schedule that works and let me, let me get on top of this. Let me put a system in place where I can be successful and my phone is away from me. Not try to tempt fate and keep it near and just don't look at it. Because that doesn't work. We all know it doesn't work for everybody. Right? right? So if you have a choice between everything to drink, just drink water if you're confused. You know, there, there are some things out there that they're getting better. Uh, companies like Spindrift, they don't have you know, a bunch of ingredients. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband, when he stopped drinking, the Pellegrino was in place of the wine bottle. Mm-hmm. And that was a great transition because it was something. He also ate a lot of desserts um, for that yeah. time. And people realized the sugar addiction component yeah. to alcohol, obviously. And, you know, it's like if cheesecake isn't going to ruin your life, then maybe you can give yourself some grace if you're going to do that for three months, right? When you quit drinking, it's fine. A little harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, okay, <laughs> you know, let's start somewhere. Everyone goes, well, I'm keto, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, okay, that's fine too. But unless you really understand what you're doing, just try to eat real food. Yeah, It's that simple. And like if you wanted to have a sub sandwich, fine, but it would almost be better to make it at home. Because if you go out and have it, you actually don't really know what's in there. Um, I always say to people that the oils that we eat really kick our ass. Mm-hmm. in a real way so if you start looking at all the ingredients and everything they're all in there yeah so it's how do we simplify that it's olive oil it's avocado oil it's coconut oil and for some people they would say certain red palm oil um ha- has some benefits and it's very good with high heat but it's just giving people really simple direction and but empowering them with the idea that 
these choices, they do make a difference. They will support me. They will make me feel better. Even if in the moment I'm, I'm not feeling that way and you got to move around. There's the, the comfort crisis book. Uh, and he talks a lot about 20 minutes. This is ridiculous. Three times a week, even if you live in a city, soft focus. So your brain isn't like constantly directing and focused. Walk around, not on your phone, in soft focus, not even listening to a podcast because they talk about the sense of well-being increasing like exponentially, people participating in that. Because it, again, it, it just doesn't you know happen yeah. And, and for me, it's, it's your relationships. Like, are, like, are we all living in our truth as much as we can without like burning down buildings and, and burning bridges with, with family members, but also sort of saying like, Hey, does this make me feel good when I'm in this dynamic? Does this work for me? Yeah. And be okay with having to say to certain people like, Hey, I love you. But right now, like the way this is like, I, I really actually can't be around you. And that's hard, but I think those are the big ones. I mean, you could put a chocolate cake in front of me all day long. You you put my mom in front of me, and I'm like, out of <laughs> I had to build in healthy boundaries about like, hey, this is what works for me, and I don't need to feel guilty for that because I have a right. job, three daughters, and a husband, and I'm just going to take ownership, and it's all in love. So I think it's even, you know, cleaning those corners for mm-hmm. people. Th- those are hard. Those are really hard. Super yeah, hard. Yeah, those affect, you know, your ability to do all the things that you want to do for your own health, too. Those boundaries are crucial. Well, especially imagine if you wanted to make a change and then your friends around you are like, oh, why are you doing that? Yeah. It's so hard. Would you oh. waste your time for that? And it's yeah. like, bye. Like, yeah. got to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a topic goes right over into the alcohol world. It, it just in, incredibly. I mean, it's, it's the the social pressures and the normalization and the culture. We can we'll dig into that in a second. But all right, let me shift. Tell us about your kids. What are their ages? My husband came with a four month old who is twenty six tomorrow. So I was a stepmom for about eight years before we then had our next two daughters. Uh, my seventeen year old uh, Reese and um, then my thirteen year old daughter, uh, Brody, you know, and of course they're great people, but they're non, you know, they're non-compliant and they're awful athletes. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. My, my middle has sort of gravitated towards it. My oldest is very academic, very smart. And, um, you know, she told me when she was 15, you know, I don't want to do athletics for my job. And I was like, okay, first of all, your dad (laughs) has this calling and me, that was like my ticket out. So No one is, if you have other options, like you're bright and you, we can send you to, you know, whatever USC, which is where she graduated from. It's like, have at it. We, you know, we did what we could do and was available to us. And then my middle is playing tennis and my youngest daughter, who is very athletic is like, I don't want to be like you. Mm. So (laughs) I think that people have to remember almost in every home, you know, it's like jumping out of the nest. I think we represent something and they, they pick up a lot of the habits. Yeah. You know, if you talk to them about potato chips, they're going to push they're, back. <laughs> that's right. But if you really just have good food around and make nothing taboo, I make nothing taboo. If my kids, I, you know, it's like, yeah, do what you want. And they, they kind of don't. Mm-hmm. And it's because also what ultimately we're modeling. And then what's interesting is they all independently feel on their own better when they eat better and they know the difference. Um, but I am not one of those parents we don't make anything taboo. And in fact, I think Laird is a little more like, ugh. but I understand not only believing in them, but 
be the defiance. Both of us, my oh, husband yeah. and I, are both in a directly defiant people. Why would we not think our children are defiant? And they all arrive at these better choices when they understand for themselves why. But, you know, <laughs> do I worry, like every parent, about my kids and their future? A gazillion percent. Do I question all of my choices every day? I mean, I said to Larry the other day, like, I sometimes am so tired of being unsure as a parent because <laughs> it means so much to me. But I just know that that's probably, you know, Laird always says parenting's for us to grow up. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's what it is. Parenting is called parenting. It's for us to grow up. He's like, they're going to grow up. But there's a lot of learning and, and being unsure and, and then saying, okay, well, let me try to be the best example I can be and love them and, and have faith. When you talk about like modeling healthy behaviors for your kids instead of like, you know, pushing them to do certain things that you want them to do, what does Gabby Reese's like holistic health plan look like? Like what is your what are your daily habits in regards to sleep, exercise, diet, meditation practices? Like run yeah. us through like a quick day of like what what you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, you know, I have coffee and and fats in the morning and then you know, if I'm training really hard, I'll have lunch. And if not, I'll use that as the gap and then have a a big dinner or I'll use that as the big meal and then not have anything for the rest of the day. We're also big into family dinner. So, you know, there's a lot of dinner and, and, and things. And, you know, my diet is not rocket science. It's just, it's just real food. Doesn't mean I've never touched chocolate. You know, it's like I said, I don't, I don't drink. I'm not smoking. I'm not doing anything. So I'm not asking them or getting them to consider taking care of themselves in a way that I'm not more importantly, right. I'm not like I need to be don't want to drink, you know, whatever. And then I'm there with my martini every day at four 30. It's also how I treat them. You know, I, I try my best to treat them with a lot of respect and communicate to them in a way that I would want to be communicated. Going back to my habits, I train uh, sort of a high intensity three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It takes about 75 minutes. Uh, change it up all the time. If I have access to our, and we're in our home or a place where there's a pool, we do do pool training three days a week. I will usually attach my heat nice to those days. Uh, Laird typically can do heat and then heat nice in off days himself. I get there less because, you know, it's like if you're finishing work or food or dinner or whatever, it usually goes by the wayside. Meditation is not a big one for me. What I do is I say I have active meditation. So every chance I get when I'm alone in my car, when I'm in the shower, I will do a personal interior survey and see, like, what am I feeling? Am I anxious? Have I been snappy? Why? Am I flat? Do I feel uninspired? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And having that real honest survey. Um, And just kind of trying to stay on top of that. So things, you know, my husband is really good about never letting things, he doesn't, he's not a sweeper doesn't put anything under the carpet. I could have been a sweeper, but he really taught me like, what's up? You know, what's going on? What's that look on your face? You know, whatever. And so I have found that that's one of the easiest ways to stay on top of things. Yeah. Because everything that's the issue, at least you're perceiving as the issue at that moment is clear. It's not backed into five years of things or something that you said like a long time ago, or if it's a work thing, it's like, Oh, okay. I know where the, I can see the line goes right to that moment. And I can deal with that moment and deal with it. Keep it so, clean. Yeah. So that's very helpful. I go to bed pretty early. I'd say by 9, 930. Consistency. I have a system in place to m- help me be successful. I'm not better at this than anyone else. I just have understood the system. 
in which I need. So for example, I will train with other people. So I'm scheduled, I'm accountable. Um, I just put those things in place. Um, and I've done this long enough. Like the reason I won't eat a certain thing is because I know at the end, I just don't even really feel that good. Yeah. Um, I don't need to learn that lesson over, but it's, it, but it's really about putting systems in place for people. And that people have to, they think I train, you know, 900 hours a week. I don't, I'm just really consistent. And so it works. It, I call it priming the pump where once the water's flowing, it, you just have to be consistent and change it up just enough so you can keep getting, you know, progress and change because we're smart mm-hmm. and refine it. You know, diverse food, try to change that up too, because we don't, you know, we need all the different vitamins and minerals, even though that's hard because of our soil. But, you know, nothing revolutionary except that I stay curious, I stay open-minded to new ideas and training, not like bounce all over, but just keep my eyes open. And also, um, I just have been doing this a very long time. Like I, it's like the law of attrition. Like I'm winning just by showing up still. Yeah. Golly, it's good stuff. We all need somebody to aspire to be like it. It sounds like you had someone or something help you figure that out a, a long time ago. Well, no, it's the gift of, I, I grew up in a way that was very um, unsettled. And so I think when I got a taste of discipline and having something to be tethered to, it made me feel good. I yeah. think when people feel anxious or they, they're maybe not tethered to something. And yeah. I, I think that part of the routine helps me feel grounded and I can keep seeing my a North Star. So when I'm off kilter, I have a writing uh, mechanism to kind of help me at least slog through it. Yeah. And I, I want to remind people that they should aspire just to be the very, very best version of themselves because that's the magic. Yes, we need to learn from other people, but it's like, well, how do you want to do it? Right. But that is the, the hurdle for so many people. Yeah, we'd all love to feel good all the time, but but like how many people live life not that way and know that they're doing that? So it's like this way in and way out. You hit the nail on the head with the consistency and the fact that you've stuck with this for so long and been able to refine your practices and your disciplines and remained open. And But she also wants to feel good and, and you... Well, no, the thing is, is that I want to participate. Okay. In a way, when we can all pay attention enough, we have gifts. We're, we have good fortune, right? Mm-hmm. And so with that, it's like a responsibility to be like, oh, you got to kind of show up in your life and participate. Does it mean in your family? Does it mean in your community? Whatever that means. And I think if people, the one thing sport taught me, and I had a coach in college that taught me, and it was really, really valuable. And it starts with personal accountability. And so I think if people could just take all, even the worst shit about themselves, doesn't matter. Because by the way, we all have it. Yep. And just pull it out of the corners, pull it from out under the bed, pull it from the rug, shove it all into the middle of the floor. Do you have one or two people you can go bit by bit through the whole thing and be like, I'm feeling like this. I'm scared of this. I don't like that. This is how I feel about myself, whatever it is. And literally get through it. And people can look at you and be like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. And you realize like, oh, wait. it's normal offload that stuff be completely accountable no one's doing it to you if we're by the time i think we're 27 unless you've had a very heavy trauma we're supposed to like that story doesn't work anymore right (laughs) Mm -hmm. having said that it goes back to still being able to put up healthy boundaries so you may not blame someone but you might be like but i'm gonna create this dynamic that works still healthfully for me that's the power of i think personal accountability is also then the right to say 
this is what works for me. And, and so just slowly kind of going through that, peeling away the crap that we think is so bad about ourselves or all the something that's bad that's happened to us and really see if we can let go of, it's a narrative, right? We all right. are living in these narratives. How do we take the accountability and go, okay, I, oh, I see that. And um, if this is happening to me, maybe what is it that's going on with me that I'm vibrating that, that I'm, this is coming and just kind of try to see what that's like. Um, Cause it's liberating. Even when it's like, I'll tell my husband sometimes, Hey, I, can I share? Like I have this super shitty thought, like <laughs> I'm being, I have a mean thought about this person over here and I have my teeth in it a little bit and I want to let go of it. But I need to say this at least to one person. <laughs> How much I think suck. I love it. You know what I mean? So it's yes. not like oh my god, be perfect. Yeah. And you know, it's like, no, no, just get to it, but be accountable. I had a volleyball coach that was like, yo, this is about total accountability because then that's when we have the power. Oh, I don't like that. I'm gonna change that. Yeah. I feel this way. How do I feel different? Versus like when we get spinning and it's like all happening to us, I think that's really hard. That's exactly why we decided to do this podcast was to have people start to look at their relationships with alcohol. And and we feel like there's so much going on and alcohol is such a ingrained part of our society and our culture that what you just talked about, about that kind of like spin all around us, it's like we forget to hold ourselves accountable in certain areas of our lives and it seems like alcohol is a pretty damn destructive thing in a lot of people's lives. And a lot of that destruction is solely caused by the fact that, you know, people aren't taking the time and aren't really looking at their relationship to it. Well, it's confusing, too. You know, I grew up in the Caribbean and all the adults, for the most part, drink a ton. And so um, I didn't because I, I could see even as a real little kid, like, oh, wow, that is that's destructive and Uh i'm even as a young girl like i know it sounds weird but like the men that were around the smell like there's like a whole thing right Uh and i remember thinking that felt less safe you know living with laird and him drinking wine and then when he stopped for example very good friends i liked you better when you drank you were more fun when you drank you know it's all that yeah. And go to like the nicest people in the world and they would be okay with their kids getting drunk, but God forbid, like they smoked weed. Like there's this whole <laughs> template put on the world about like alcohol is okay. Like it's okay. And you realize like it is not only is it destructive, it's confusing because they've sold us on like, no, it's cool. It's yeah. like, yes. It's actually okay. good for your heart. Yeah, it's four ounces, by the way, if you right. want to get into the technical on red wine and what's good. It's literally a thimbleful. But um, well, you could also get what's good out of that somewhere else. Yes, or if <laughs> you're European, let's just say you're yeah. French, and they have a glass of wine with dinner. Okay, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Nobody does that. <laughs> but I, I do, I think people have to cut themselves some slack. So if they're in it or they're dealing with it, it's, you know, it's a real addiction. It's everywhere. And it's totally okay. It's not like you can't go into the liquor store and be like, Hey, can I get a bottle? And they're going to be like, Ooh, you know, it's like, so it's so readily available. Um, but again, I interviewed uh, Michael Easter who wrote the comfort crisis and he, he, he talked about kind of having this epiphany um, and got sober. And I said, well, what would be the first thing you would say to somebody 
who is ba- battling this and he goes, you're not a bad person. Yeah. Because shame keeps us from everything great, right? Like mm-hmm. guilt and shame. It's yeah. like, ugh. it's like, Hey, you know what? It'd be like me saying I've got certain allergies and you'd be like, Gabby, don't respond to that pollen. It's like, fuck it. I, I, it's like <laughs> there. And I think, but then it's no way to be successful if you don't change your environment and it probably means human beings. Um, and then the other thing he said was like, you know, probably a good idea to get some help, mm-hmm. but it's a beast. I mean, it's like I beast. said, I'm, I never had that particular issue. I have, you know, I always say like, you know, when you see when people clean or clean, like the, like I'll go come in my house. If I'm having a crazy day, I, I might wipe my counters down more because I'm trying to keep myself from going fight or flight. Cause it's like a control mechanism. Right. And you're just like, oh, look at that. So, I mean, we all have versions of how we try to take the edge off, feel better. Maybe people have social anxiety, whatever it is. And so to understand it's all okay, but if it's hurting your life, what do you want to do? And and also know it's, it's possible. So many people have come through it and it's possible. And so why can't it be possible for them? Um, it doesn't mean it's easy. I didn't no. say easy. I don't know what in life is easy and why we've even put words of like, that's hard and that's easy. I think it's all, that's life, right? Like it's all part of it. It's like me talking about parenting. It's so hard. Yeah. No, I think that's actually what parenting is also. It's right. great. There was great hugs. and it's But it's not like that was hard and that was easy. It's like, yeah, no, it's all part of the whole thing. And yeah. I think once we start to look at everything like that, it freaks us out less because we're a lot like, this is the hard part. Oh, I'm in the easy part. No, it's just all part of the parts. And yeah. It's all a freaking mess. It's all growth, though. It's growth. <laughs> it is. Now that we're kind of in the alcohol world, and we've already touched on this because we, we delved into the parenting piece. That's a topic we've discussed quite a few times in here, some of the prevention stuff, but also in the parenting world. And we've already kind of touched on how to parent in other ways, and I assume... In the, in the realm of drugs and alcohol, it's probably pretty similar, uh, similar strategy and, and, and lead by example. Don't do that yet. I'm doing it kind of thing. Uh, you know, how can you speak to that? Like, how would you parent around that topic? Listen, we, we don't live in a fairy tale in this house. We've gone through some, some bumps in the road. So we went through something with one of my daughters and it was, you know, pretty difficult and it was around things like this and some other stuff. And, uh, and, but what I realized is that it actually worked, even though it was hard, because she was completely transparent with us. Mm, yeah. Right? So I was yeah. like, instead of being like, I can't believe that this happened, or we went through this, or this has been going on, it was like, oh, okay, let's get the help that we need. Let's ask for help, which, by the way, you'll never get it right the first time. You'll be at the worst wrong place with somebody that you want to take a pencil by the third session. We know session. plenty about that. <laughs> you know, also, I want to say to people, too, if you ever do have a teenager and they need to go to, like, a facility, be very careful of those places. I have a lot of friends, and we've, we've talked a lot about this, where they will tell a young person, oh, you're this, you're this, and you're this. It's like, huh. So you're labeling young people and making them define, like, oh, I'm this, I'm this, and I'm that that they're going to then think their whole life versus you might be going through a hard time or you might've experimented and you are not, you don't have the right physiology. What is the process for you having the tools to help yourself? So I also want to encourage people if they are looking for something for a young person, be very careful about those 
long-term stays because that's also very good business. Yeah. I've seen some weird things anyway. So have we, so have we. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, Oh, so I, I would say that, um, Oh, keep asking questions, but also if you have a young, so modeling and again, um, I, what I try to tell my children is listen, at the end of the day, what you have to realize is anything that you do, of course I care and I will be, it will bum me out. But at the end of the day, this is your life. Hmm. It's your life. You, you, if you do something cause you think you're going to hurt another person, not so much. I mean, your dad and I, we'd be sad, but this is your life. This is your opportunity. This is the way you're going to express yourself. This is your path. And, you know, we're here to love and support you. But I think sometimes giving them that sense of power and, but if there's something to talk about or something to get through, then let's figure out how to do that. But yes, no, we've been in some wildly uncomfortable situations that were huge learning. But I will say if a parent's listening, if your kid's even discussing these things with you or sharing, this is the success. Yeah. yeah. I joke with one of my kids, no, you were supposed to tell me about this in 20 years at a Thanksgiving table. You know, <laughs> you know that this is what was happening. It was like, you know, you feel like your hair's going to go on fire. Literally, like, you know, but you have to realize that that is the success. That's because the good stuff, right. Weirdly, if they can get through some of the weird stuff before they leave the house, mm. it's, a, it's a gift because you're yeah. there and you can help them. Yeah. As hard as it is, it's like, that's the opportunity and it sucks and it's so uncomfortable and scary and nobody prepares you for things. And if you just stick there, stick by them and love them and keep showing up, it just feels like it works out. The other trick that I'm trying to learn that I'm trying to do better is when I think, even when I think about them. So if they're in my house or not in my house, if I know they're going through a bumpy time, even something like this is to vibrate. They're going to figure it out. They're going to make it. It's mm. going to be okay. Because if all they ever pick up from you is, oh, I'm scared. This, you're that. Yeah. I feel like it's a reinforcement of like, instead of like, no, you're, I got, I love you. You're going to get this. And I believe in you. I feel, I don't know that it, it's certainly a better way to go. I really admire the, the communication piece and opening up those healthy lines of communication between a parent and a you know adult child, adolescent child, even you know kids in their early teens. Um, just the fact that they feel safe having conversations around stuff like this inside their home, I think, is the key. Yeah, like you said, is the success. I've got an 11-year-old girl. Patrick's got some younger kids, so this is gold. Thank you. One more question on the out in the alcohol world, you know, as you have XPT and well, high X, right? That was the other mm -hmm. one. Um, yeah. Is that, that's still active? Yeah. That's a programming I, I created by accident quite a few years ago, probably 11 years ago. I used to do a dollar workout uh, and we're trying to build a facility now in Kauai. They shut the gym. So I said, okay. And I kind of put together this curriculum that I used to say to them, well, it's a dictatorship. It's it's not a democracy because it was a dollar. So they were all on my insurance. <laughs> and out of that, I used, you know, 50 or 60 people to kind of flush this through. It actually got, um, you know, NASM gave it um, CEC points, like the whole thing. Wow. But it's, it's, it's a great program. Cool. 
Cool. So my question would be, you know, you've got these people that are, um, you know, following the philosophies and the missions of XPTs and HiX. When you speak to them, is there an alcohol drug component for optimization? I don't personally, but it's been interesting when we do have XPT events, because a lot of the people who come to participate, and I'm not making this gender specific, but it, it usually seems to be the men. They uh-huh. are aware of Laird um, removing alcohol from his life. And it will inevitably, on those events, I'm like, oh my gosh, they'll be like, so, uh, you know, uh, well, how'd you do it? Like, they're really looking also for themselves. So I, I would yeah. say only in those events do I see when, the, when those uh, participants come that they will move and congregate towards Laird where there's an opening and really um, t- t- talk about it. That's cool. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Because we, us being in recovery, we, I mean, I get that all the time. Yeah. So, it's kinda... beautiful. It's like a, it's like a apprehensive lean, you know, towards. Yeah. Me, <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like a whisper. <laughs> Larry, right? Larry. Scary. <laughs> Scary Larry. Scary. Uh, that's what they, that's, that was their joke about Laird. Whenever he would start drinking, they'd turn into Larry. He would turn to Larry. Yeah. Larry, Larry would be single if he was still around. <laughs> I heard that. I wouldn't be married. I used to joke with Laird that on the occasions that it would, you know, whatever. And I'd say, you know what? Just keep going until all the girls are through like 16 because then they will never touch alcohol. And he was yeah. like, That's not nice. And I was like, well, at least we have something positive out of it. I got to create a little silver lining, Larry. That's funny. Well, we have gotten nugget after nugget after nugget with you, Gabby. I cannot thank you enough. Typically, we like to leave our audience with some sort of takeaways. Give us a top three, how to get going, making some big changes. I think for people, it's just, first of all, just take whatever worst habit you have. And can you either cut it back or take it out? Not You don't have to do an overhaul. Yeah. Start there. So if you smoke cigarettes, can you, can you, can you smoke less? To eventually not smoke at all. Um, I think if you're drinking anything other than coffee, and when I say coffee, I don't mean double macchiato because it's got a lot of sugar and things like that. It's, it's just simplify that. Americans drink 20% of their calories. So there's a real easy way to simplify your life. Um, and, you know, make, make an appointment with a friend three days a week to go. If you're not really doing much to start walking somewhere, if you like to ride your bike somewhere, just go outside and, but make an appointment, be accountable to that person. Again, if you can, let's say just get to bed an hour earlier. If you go to bed later than 10 o'clock, let's say start to bring it back 15 minutes, you know, every week and get down, get to 10 o'clock and people can say, well, I have small children. I have work. I understand that this is just where we're trying. And then the breathing is very simple. If you, other than if you're sprinting or, you know, uh, you just did anything that was highly cardiovascular, everywhere you go, you should have your mouth closed and you should be nose breathing and also less breaths per minute. So notice for those listening, three parts breath, your belly, your opening, your lower ribs. And then I always say like the lat and back area, if you could slowly, and it's harder than you think, bring your breath into those three parts. And get your inhales and exhales, so seven seconds in, 
And even when you get stuck, just try to breathe in through your nose. Just keep trying to breathe through your nose. And when you exhale, gently bring your belly button to your spine, but stay in length. You don't want to compress forward. And if you can get your breaths down to about four or five full sets, and you'll shorten that a little bit, a minute. Most of us are breathing, you know, 13 to 15. We're mouth breathing. We're like puppies panting. Um, mm -hmm. What they'll do is they'll downregulate. They'll go into their parasympathetic. If you're talking about a sense of well-being, they'll calm themselves down. And that's involuntarily. They won't have to sit there in their monkey mind and be like, i got to relax. i got to relax. It's like just slow the breathing down. Close your mouth. And what happens is your CO2 rises in your system when your mouth is closed. So now your body's actually absorbing the oxygen and going into your cells and into your muscle tissue, which overall supports good health. So if people feel stressed, the first thing you can do, check in with your breathing, slow that way down. Okay. Hmm. Because if we're mouth breathing, we're dumping our CO2, we're speeding up the breath, we're breathing into our chest, which then that puts us into our sympathetic, our fight or flight. We want to slow it all down, close our mouth, bring it into our belly three parts breath. If you're sitting at your desk, if you're driving in your car, if you're dealing with your three-year-old, just see if you can stay in the nose. So, I mean, those are very basic tips. And if you said to me, do one, do the breathing, right? Yeah. Be as nice to yourself as you are to everyone else. And it's like, we're all valuable. And it's like, I always say, we're all somebody and we're all nobody. You know, the notion of what's the notion of humility, no better than, no less than. So that means both. And I think, you know, we're, it's really important for people to know that they're special, regardless of they may have made some bad choices or what have you, and, and just keep working towards, and that's that, be tough on yourself, be accountable, be like, Hey, where am I full of shit? Okay. I got to stop that. And just, you know, do that too. Um, so I think if, you know, if you talked about an overall, the spokes in the, in the wheel, um, mm -hmm. you know, that would be a good, a good st starting point. So I'm going to run through it. Baby step a bad habit, accountability, mm -hmm. better sleep, breathing practices, self-compassion. And eat a little less. Most of us eat too eat much. A little less. Eat a and little less. Why don't you? If you want to get crazy, take all the snacking out in your day. Even yeah, if you, let's say meals. you eat, eat the same, take the snacking out. That will help because you're starting that di digestive process over and over. I think those are helpful to, to start. Perfect. It's been really cool getting to know you today. And I really appreciate you coming on and taking your time to share yourself with us. Well, I appreciate that you guys are dedicating a space, you know, for, to support people because I think it's important and, you know, it's important for all of us to kind of support each other because on top of it right now, it's even a little more of a crazy time. So I really appreciate that you guys are doing that. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and are not a substitute for medical advice. If you feel like you may need professional help, here are some resources. For the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration hotline, call 1-800-662-4357 or visit smsa.gov. For listeners in the Charlotte, North Carolina community, visit dilworthcenter.org or call 704-372-6969 or visit theblanchardinstitute.com or call 704-288-1097.